Hello and welcome to the CDI podcast. I'm Dylan Edgel, Assistant Director of the University of Central Arkansas Center for Community and Economic Development. Today, we're joined by a very special guest, Dr. Joe Thompson. Dr. Thompson is the President and CEO of the Arkansas Center for Health Improvement, or ACHI. Dr. Thompson, welcome. Thanks, Dylan, for having me. Glad to be with you today. Awesome. Uh, well, to start us off, we asked this uh, for all of our guests. Can you tell us a little bit about your career and how you got to where you are today? Well, it's been not a straight path, but I'll be glad to share some of it with you. Uh, I'm a native of Conway, went to Hendricks College, then U UAMS Medical School here, trained at Children's Hospital and became a pediatrician. I was going to be an intensive care, you know, pediatric doctor flying on the helicopter off the top of Children's Hospital. Uh, but in caring for patients and families, I saw you know, a lot of the policies and a lot of the programs that were talked about really didn't deliver for my families that I was taking care of. So I decided to go upstream and try to understand more about how the system worked and how policies could influence that. I went to North Carolina and got a public policy degree at, at Chapel Hill and then spent a few years in Washington, D.C., both in the Department of Health and Human Services and in the private sector there. And then when Rick Smith was opening our Center for Health Improvement, uh, uh, he helped recruit me back here to join the faculty at UAMS and, and that's how I came back. Our center is now, we're over two decades old. I've been the head of it since about 2003 and, and we've been trying to make Arkansas be a healthier, more productive place throughout that time period. Awesome. Uh, and yeah, we, we've uh, interacted with you guys a lot on your uh, weekly COVID updates. We really uh, appreciate those. I know I watch that every week. Um, and it, we're in March 2021 right now. Um, and it feels like we're finally rounding a curve uh, with lowering active cases, case numbers and increased vaccination rates. Uh, so I wanted to ask if you can give us an idea of where things might look like uh, as we head into 2022. Well, I'm hopeful by May or June that we have really turned a corner, that vaccines are available for all, and that we have knocked the virus down uh, to very low levels of transmission, at least for this year. Uh, you mentioned where we are here in March. You know, we just had a two-week snowstorm that essentially locked everybody down without a governmental mandate. And I think that's part of why we see, we're seeing much lower rates. I hope we continue to see that. Uh, I'm, I'm worried about the variants that are being discussed now and that are affecting Europe. I hope we can get vaccines out so that we don't experience that. But, but I, I, I feel like we are coming to the light at the end of the tunnel here in the spring of 2021 after a pretty bleak year. Uh, 2020 is not something we want to repeat again. I do think you know this is a, a novel coronavirus, novel meaning no human had seen it before you know, 18 months ago. Uh, so we still don't know everything that this virus, all the tricks that this virus has up its sleeve. If we think back to the Spanish flu, it came back two years, three years in a row. So you know, I think we may have some resurgence next fall, just like the flu virus. And, and I would strongly encourage everyone even if you feel like we're getting into a, a clearer zone now, if you've not had the vaccine, get the vaccine so that you're protected next fall. If the COVID virus or one of its variants does resurrect itself, um, this is still something we're learning about the long-term effects. And, and I think we have some concerns about long-term heart damage, brain fog, other things that people, even that have had mild illness, are increasingly reporting. So. 
I do think we're out of the darkest period. I think we're still in some uncertainty. And I think we need to encourage everybody to get their shots so that we optimize our protection going forward. Awesome. That's that's really good to hear and good to send a reminder out to everyone to get vaccinated when you can. Um, I already have mine. Feel great. Um, so you guys do a lot more than the COVID-19 coverage. Um, and, and one of your three organizational priorities is healthy communities. Um, so I wanted to ask you if you, you can give us an overview of the health of our communities in Arkansas. Sure. So I said, I mentioned we've been around about 20 years. There, there've been three areas that we've done a lot of work in. Uh, one is how our healthcare system works. A uh, big, big component of that is the Medicaid expansion that provides insurance coverage to about 10% of our Kansans. Another area was what we uh, tried to do in, in tobacco control when we got the master settlement agreement with new programs. But a third area that is emerging, it, it's not just about the doctor in the hospital when we go there, the system. And it's not just about our personal choices around whether we smoke or not, but increasingly we understand that the community that we grow up in, that we live in, that we experience each and every day has a direct effect on our health. When we look at the state of Arkansas and, and we look at how long you expect to live, people that live in southeastern Arkansas expect to live about 10 years less than those in northwest Arkansas. And that's not because they have different genes or different health care. That's about something in their environment. And it can be food access. You don't have access to healthy, nutritious foods, fruits and vegetables. You, your, your food source is only the local convenience store. It could be about job opportunities that, that you don't have opportunities for, you know, a living wage so that you can support yourself and your family. Uh, it can be about built environment. Does your community have sidewalks so that it's easier to walk to work or walk to church as opposed to get into a car and have a more sedentary lifestyle? So we are focusing on the communities. Uh, what I found works in talking with the legislators, um, the, the formal name here is social determinants of health, that the social determinants in your community affect your health. It's a little easier to just call it zip code risk. The zip code you live in is predictive of how healthy you are likely to be. Yeah, and and that's that's something that um, I, I think a lot of people's eyes were opened in the COVID nineteen pandemic to the that connection between public health and community and economic development because uh, it's really hard to ignore that. Exactly, you know, I think public health got a a new uh, renaissance, if you will. I mean, historically, it's done restaurant inspection and, and, and investigated foodborne outbreaks of E. coli or whatever. We were threatened with a worldwide threat that we all felt. And unfortunately, those that were more at risk, those in lower income communities and communities of color bore a disproportionate burden of that. It's not, it's not that the COVID virus attacked them more aggressively, it's that they were more at risk because they had jobs that you couldn't work from home. They had jobs where they had to share car rides to get to work as opposed to being able to isolate. They did not have the ability to, you know, keep track on the internet or maybe even use the internet to get a COVID vaccine appointment because they didn't have a home internet connection. So, you know, we really need to pay attention across our communities and recognize that uh, anytime we have one of these threats, we need to spend extra effort to reach the low-income communities, the communities of color, those that are most at risk without transportation, 
so that we bring everybody along and we leave no one behind. That's great. And I love the term zip code risk. It's a lot easier to, to say than the social determinants of health. I'll, I'll keep that one. It, it visually means something. You can picture right. a zip code where you know the risk is greater than another zip code where the risk is less so. Right. Uh, and yeah, speaking of, uh, so we, we have uh, a lot of community uh, leaders in our network. Um, and I wanted to ask uh, if you have any advice for those community leaders who are looking to address that zip code risk and to create healthier communities where they live. Great question. And, you know, I think the one thing that we've learned through, you know, your organization's efforts, the municipal league, the chamber of commerce, local faith-based leaders, is that when, when, when we're threatened in our communities and our families, we do lean in and we build bridges and, and we work together. One of the bright spots, I think, in the COVID threat has been the ability of our Kansans to come together. I mean, we've had some political misinformation challenges on that, but we're overcoming that. But I would really encourage your local community leaders uh, to build on our experience, not let it dissipate build those connections, reach out to the faith-based leaders in you know, the minority section of your community, to the uh, hunger relief or food bank areas that are serving those parts of your community that may be economically challenged, to your business community to say, you know, what can we do to strengthen our community so that we're more resilient, we're more prepared, and most importantly, we're more connected going forward so that we can work together I think the one thing about COVID-19 that if anything taught us, no one individual stands alone anymore. We're codependent, interdependent, and through that we can actually build healthier, more vibrant communities and, and really make, you know, I've got two kids that are out of state now. I want to make Arkansas be the place that my kids at some point in time want to move back to and raise a family. Yeah, that's awesome. And that, that's such an important thing is to rebuilding those social connections that we may have uh, weakened or lost over this pandemic. Um, so yeah, we, we're all about connection at, at CCED. So I really appreciate that answer. Well, uh, Dr. Thompson, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast today. Uh, you guys do some incredible work at ACHI and I appreciate everything you've done this past year to help all of us understand the pandemic a little bit better. Great. Well, visit our website, achi.net. We try to put local information out to help everybody understand what's going on. And thank you for having me this afternoon. Awesome. On upcoming episodes, the CDI podcast will feature CDI graduates and participants, community partners, and community and economic development experts from across Arkansas and the Mid-South. We hope you join us next week on the CDI podcast.